From athletes to celebrities to, well, just about anybody, he interviews them all. This is the Quinn Mar Podcast. I know many of you enjoy a delicious bowl of cereal when you watch the Sports Center Morning Rush on TSN2, but have you ever poured water on your cereal instead of milk? Well, you shouldn't, because it's <laughs> disgusting. All right, and welcome to the Quinn Mar Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quinn Mar. On today's episode, I'm so excited. We have the uh, entertaining, the tall, the funny Jay Onright, host of Sports Center with Jay and Dan and the Jay and Dan Podcast on TSN. How's it going, Jay? Great, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just kind of get started because I know we don't have too, too much time. Um, the most uh, popular, I'm sure, topic you've uh, you've been asked recently is originally when you left TSN to go to Fox Sports 1 in 2013. And, like, I feel like the show was going well. I don't, as an outsider, I don't know about you, but, like, um, a big, like, it was a big opportunity, but, like, why did you guys decide to leave? Well, the simple answer is our contracts ran out and we got a better offer elsewhere. That's really what it comes down to. Um, I think ultimately, uh, management who was running FS1 at the time uh, wasn't interested in, in continuing on with us simply because I think we didn't do the kind of TV that they did and still continue to do. Uh, no hard feelings about that whatsoever. We actually got along great with, with the management there that was there at the time. It was really a matter of uh, not being the best fit. And we were kind of aware when that management came in about two years into our run at FS1, that it might not be a great fit. So even though we got along with them really, really well, um, I think you look at the way the show went the last year and a half, we had no promotion. Uh, You would have had to have accidentally stumbled upon the show. We were on different times every night. Uh, You just, you'd never know when the show was on. So it was, pretty clear that the writing was on the wall that we didn't fit into the long-term plans there mm-hmm. so originally when you guys uh when you and dan did leave tsn to go to uh fox why like what was like the uh, i guess the final decision to actually end up leaving because i i'm pretty sure like you guys were huge at tsn at the time and like people were upset when you left so like what kind of put it over the top to decide to leave really just a new challenge, uh, trying something different. I think, you know, we knew that we could stay in Canada and continue to be successful, and that would be great. I think we also knew that there would be nothing wrong with trying something new uh, in the States, and Fox made an amazing sales pitch. Again, not to uh, belabor the point, but the people who recruited us to come down there were not the people who were ultimately in charge when we left. So it was sort of a different uh, vibe when we went down. It was, uh, you know, very focused on us. And, and when we left, it wasn't. That's not to say we didn't have an amazing time down there. Really, all four years were terrific. It was just, uh, it was a great sales pitch when we went down. And it was a lot of fun. I got to say, zero regrets about going down there. I thought a lot of the shows we did were really great. I think just the show lacked focus, unfortunately, especially when we first got there. I think that show that was three hours long and the chat show plus a highlight show should have been, uh, you know, two separate shows. That would have made a big difference, I think. It would have, been, it would have confused the viewer less. But, uh, but I've said that before. 
uh, I think ultimately it was a great experience, and I, and I really, really enjoyed being down there. Met some great friends and, uh, and had fun and zero regrets. And the best part is we came back not only to a hero's welcome, you know, every day. Today I walked around Toronto and the people, you know, coming up to me and telling me how happy we're, they are that we're back. But also our, our whole work situation changed. We got to pick our own crew. We got a brand new studio built for us. We got a better time slot. Really, there was no downside uh, to us leaving and coming back. And that was one of the reasons we left. We knew that if it didn't work out, that we could come back to an even better situation. Yeah, you guys would be coming back to uh, uh, open arms either way. Um, now, if I lived under a rock and I didn't know you, Dan, or Sports Center with Jay and Dan, how would you explain like what your show is about? It's Sports Center with uh, a little lighter touch. We have added some things to the new show that we enjoyed during our time at Fox that we thought worked well. Um, a few more comedy bits. You know, the old Sports Center we did that made us really popular, we didn't shoot deliberate comedy bits or anything. Uh, we would have a lot of fun over highlights. We would do some stuff on camera uh, during our on-cams, our lead-ins to highlights and stuff. But we wouldn't do deliberate comedy bits. We wouldn't have a chat segment. Now we have all those things. We have a couple of chat segments. We have guests on that we interview. We've changed it almost to a hybrid highlight chat show, and uh, which I just said was something I hated about the Fox thing. That's <laughs> somewhat uh, funny, but uh, it, it just works. It, it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. What we wanted to do, we have a, a pretty popular podcast, and, and we wanted to kind of combine the light feel of the podcast with the highlight show the thing with highlight shows up here is they they still haven't changed that much you know canadians still like a classic highlight show even though they're going away south of the border canadians still love them and they wanted us to do highlights so it wasn't like we could come back and just do a chat show i mean we could have done that but i think a lot of our regular viewers would have would have been pretty upset because they they like us doing highlights and we like doing them that's the other thing we enjoy those shows so um for us it's just the perfect marriage of kind of a podcast feel with guests combined with uh your classic highlight show the first uh portion of the show the first 20 minutes of the show is all highlights so if you're a person who liked that classic style highlight show you, you would love what we do uh on the new show mm-hmm um, so uh, I wake up about quarter after four, four thirty every day, and I obviously throw on sports time with Jay and Dan. I think because it goes on probably about two times until I leave to work, my girlfriend's starting to get pissed off at me because that's what she wakes up to every morning now. So uh, yeah, she wakes up to you and uh, you and Dan now, and uh, I don't know if she's too big of a fan like I am. Yeah, we get that a lot. Uh, <laughs> nicest compliment we get is when. And usually, not to be too stereotypical about it, but it's usually from a female, and it's and it's something like, I am not a sports fan, but uh, my boyfriend or my husband watches you guys, and and I find you funny, and I can I can tolerate it. You know, that's like the nicest compliment we ever get when we get compliments. Yeah. Um. So you did mention the uh, podcast and a couple of things I have for the podcast. Um. Now, when you guys like do prep for your show, like how I know you you record Monday nights, but like how far in advance do you guys like get your prep ready for the show? Do you tell uh, like Christoph or whoever is uh, producing like 
what guests you want and that kind of stuff? We prep nothing. <laughs> we literally prep nothing. Wow. We don't talk about what we're going to do. And we all we do is book guests. So um, usually halfway through the week, one of us will have an idea of someone we want to have on. Uh, we'll all kind of agree to it. it. It happens really fast. Someone will just throw out a name, and it's very rare that, that you know, one of the other two of us, you know, between myself, Dan, and Christoph, it's very rare that one of us will say, ah, I don't think we should have that person on. Almost all the time we agree. And so all we do is book the guests, make sure we know when they're coming on, show up at the studio and start talking. We don't plan anything. We don't discuss what we're going to talk about beforehand. We never have, uh, and we never will. It's sort of, I, I, I'm not saying that it wouldn't work if we if we did plan it more, but it's worked this well to this point, so I don't think we want to mess with the formula too much. Now, when you kind of first started doing it like that, like not, not uh, prepping or like planning anything, were you ever nervous like you were going to get like stuck on like something to talk about or no, not really? Not really, because I think, you know, like the one thing we when we used to do more in the original, you know, we have some, have had three sort of, um, you know, versions of the podcast. The original TSN one with Christoph and Mike Gentili, the second one at Fox, and now the third one with Christoph. In the first one with Mike and Christoph, we actually did used to plan a little more in the sense that we would do a lot more like internet videos, comment on web videos and stuff like that. So that kind of was maybe a little bit of a crutch, you know, to give us some stuff to talk about. But I find now we hardly ever do that. We were, we got, you know, a good example is we brought the TV theme vault back for version three, which was something we did in version one. And we like almost always forget to do it now. Yeah, you just did the Spider-Man one the other day and that was the first time in a while, right? Yeah, it was very like out of the blue and you know i just asked christoph to do it because i just thought of it on the spot and so yeah we don't ever really run out of things to talk about and uh our, you know it's just sort of a, a deep exploration a deep dive into our lives and things we're thinking about uh we seem to have enough to fill the hour uh, without much trouble yeah absolutely um now it was last week i think i think yeah last week's podcast uh dan mentioned about buying underwear at winners and you seem shocked when you talk about uh, Clarendon having a winners. And I, I'm like 99.99% sure that the winners he's talking about, I worked at as of just last year I was working there. So it made me laugh that you're surprised that there was one there. Well, I guess I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't realize that, uh, you know, and I think, you know, that's great and, um, it's funny, like the, the winners thing just made me laugh only because it's Dan, you know, it's just <laughs> such a Dan thing to do to shop for underwear at winners. Um, I, it's not that I think it's strange to shop for anything at winners. It's just, you know, we all know how winners is. It's a, it's a crapshoot, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you don't know what you're getting. It's some days it could be a bonanza. Other days it could be, you know, you come up empty. So for underwear, it just seems like such a risky proposition because you're you're going in there and you never know what's gonna what's gonna 
come out of there. I just it just seems like an odd, odd place to shop for undergarments to me. Yeah, I mean there there are a lot like I'm I'm guessing where Dan went. There are a lot of other stores around where he went, so he he had choices. So the, I, I agree with you. It is right. kind of an odd choice to go to. But very Dan, very Dan to do that. <laughs> Um, now another question. I don't know how often you get this one, but why is it Jay and Dan and not Dan and Jay? I think that was, uh, you know, I don't really know that we know why that happened. I think it just rolls off the tongue better with sort of our, our thoughts that, uh, that it just sounds better to hear it that way. Uh, it's obviously not alphabetical, but there's no real reason for it. It just sort of happened, and like I said, I think the real thing was that we might have said it, or someone might have said it both ways, and we just thought it sounded better saying Jay and Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my that's my very boring answer. <laughs> so it's to, like to that question. It's like Thelma and Louise, Martin and Lewis, and Jay and Dan. Yeah, like you know, you couldn't imagine it as Louise and Thelma. It just no. Names sound better if they're placed in certain in a certain order, and that's really what it was down to. Mm-hmm. And um, so you asked this question to Lisa Laflamme on this week's um, podcast, and I kind of intrigued me because it makes me want to ask uh, ask it to you. Who is a favorite person, your favorite person you've ever interviewed, and someone you've never in- interviewed but you want to? Well, there's so many great ones that we did at Fox. We had, we were so fortunate to interview so many cool people. Uh, you know, Martin Shorts uh, was so cool. Ronda Rousey was cool. People like, um, uh, you know, Josh Dumel, like someone I never even thought of and just turned out to be such a nice guy. My wife always jokes, like every time I'd come home from work in L.A., she'd be like, oh, let me guess, they were nice, right? Like, because everyone <laughs> was so nice. Uh, but... One that really comes to mind is John Cena. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really follow wrestling that much anymore. As a kid, I loved it, but I don't really follow it in this day and age. I know he's a big star in wrestling, but what really impressed me about him was his appearance in that movie Trainwreck. Mm-hmm, yeah. I thought he was Amy Schumer. I just thought he was so hilarious in it, and he just surprised me. I was just shocked how good he was, and... So, and then there was that other movie, I think it was Sisters with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. He was in that. He was funny in that. So I was just impressed. I was like, wow, this guy can really act, you know? And, mm. and then he came on the show to be interviewed by us, and he was just hilarious. Really mm. good guy. Sat on my lap, which was disturbing, but, <laughs> uh, but just a good dude. So yeah, that comes to mind immediately. And as far as someone that I haven't interviewed that I would like to interview... Um, maybe someone like Stephen Malkmus, the lead singer of Pavement. They have a new album coming out, and uh, I'd love to get him on the show. I feel like I could do it, but the problem is, like, for us, a lot of the people that I would be interested in in interviewing Dan would not only not be interested, he would know who they are. Like, <laughs> Dan, Dan, if I said Stephen Malkmus, he would genuinely think I was making that person up, so... <laughs> So that's sort of the thing we run into a little bit. Uh, we'd like we're, we we'd love to you know there's lots of people we'd love to interview. I'd love to get Burton Cummings on the show. Like, mm-hmm. It's a guy with so many great stories and stuff. But um, 
Yeah, those would be some of the ones I think that come to mind off the top of my head. Okay, I know I know you are crunched for time, so I only do have a couple more things. You can answer them rapid fire if you want. Um, I'm just listening to your second book, number two, More Short Tales from a Very Tall Man, on Audible. I've been listening to it for the last week or so. And um, I just finished, which chapter is it? Oh, when you get your medical marijuana uh, license and then you... Uh, actually, I'm not going to ruin it, but then something happens after you got it. I'm not going to ruin that part. Um, how the, my question is, like, how the hell do you remember all of these stories and like, remember like, what you said, what that person said? Like, do you, you must have a really good memory, correct? I really don't. I, the thing with that book, and the reason the stories are maybe a little more detailed than the first book, is that a lot of it was written, you know, as it was happening. I had signed a deal to write another book after the first book sold really, really well. And I was writing the book in L.A. So a lot of the L.A. stories, you know, something would happen and immediately I'd jot down notes and just start writing. So mm -hmm. that's why it's a little more descriptive, I think. Um, it was really fun doing the audio books. They're available on Audible now. And uh, I, I really enjoyed, you know, I should say enjoyed is probably the wrong word. I, I liked reading them over again, but it's weird reading a book you've written yeah. Uh, a few years ago, out loud, you know, it's different to read it silently to yourself. You maybe stop, you put it down for a few days. This is like, you know, four straight days each book of just reading it out loud essentially to myself in, in my earphones. And it was weird to read it back like that. It almost <laughs> performant. Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, there's a lot of stuff where I was like, God, I wish I had put that in there. Uh, or I wish I would have done this differently or that differently, but I think ultimately it was uh, everything turned out okay. But definitely not going to be writing another book anytime soon. Way, way too much work. Mm -hmm. Way too much work. I, I did not get into this business to work that hard. So, <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting. People who write books, you know, you're Stephen King's of the world, write like a novel a year. Those. Those people are just insane. I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I'm enjoying the, the uh, audiobook version of it so much better. Because, like, when you're, you, like, putting different voices on different people in your book, I think it makes it that much funnier. Like, the bully that you had in your in your second book, just a dumb kind of voice you put on him made me laugh out loud as I'm working by myself. People already think I'm going crazy because I'm laughing out loud. But, um, one more yeah, thing. Um, I, I, I wanted to do, I, uh, sorry to interrupt No, me, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to do. I sweated over a lot of those voices, you know, because, again, everything kind of happened on the spot. Uh, and, and then, of course, the Dan voice, which I'd never really done before like that, but it just seemed appropriate, uh, though I don't think he's heard it yet. Yeah, and your, your dad's was my was another one of my favorite ones, too, actually. And that one is, like, super accurate and true. Wow. That was probably the easiest one because it was very, like, that's just how he sounds. Well, that's funny. Okay, so rate, I'm going to ask, give you five titles. Rate the top five Canadian shows in order. Kids in the Hall, Trailer Park Boys, The Littlest Hobo, Corner Gas, and Murdoch Mysteries. Murdoch Mysteries is last. Ooh. No disrespect to the people of Murdoch Mysteries. Uh, my... Speaking of my dad loves the show. My oh. wife loves the show. So, but I, it's not, that would definitely would rank that last. I put Littlest Hobo fourth last, uh, only because, you know, it's a, it's a hilarious gimmick, but actually sitting down and watching that show over and over would probably drive you insane. <laughs>
And then the top three, you could almost rank them in any order. For me, I'd probably put Trailer Park Boys third, actually. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. But um, ultimately, the other two maybe hold up for me a little bit better. I think I'd probably put Corner Gas at two. I think it's totally underrated as a show. I think it's very rewatchable. It's, uh, I know a lot of people don't get it, but if you're kind of from the prairies, and especially a small town in the prairies, the fact that Brent Butt was from the prairies, you know, he was able to get a lot of the little details right. You know, in fact, there's like one bar in town that everyone hangs out at. <laughs> it just made sense to me. And I, I like his humor. I think it's it's very subtle, but I love it. And I, I also thought his dad... Um, was such a great actor. He's so funny. And then, uh, and then I probably put Kids in the Hall number one, not only because it's hilarious, and it actually still really holds up because the humor was not topical, but it was so influential. You you look at that show; it was so groundbreaking at the time. I know lots of comedy troops dressed in drag, um, but they, you know, they were really special in what they did. The fact that they had an openly gay member in the troupe, and that he would, you know, he would do lots of gay characters, and I just thought it was very—it's uh, still, like I said, very influential. You can see its influence on comedy troops and comedy now to this day. I thought those guys were brilliant. We were very lucky that the that to have them and still have them. I know they still tour, and um, Scott Thompson just wrote a new book. That's a guy I'd let. I'd love to interview any of those guys, mm-hmm. actually. And, and I know Scott Thompson has a book out, so I actually heard him on uh, Howard Stern's After Show yesterday and thought to myself, well, maybe I'll have to reach out to his publicist and see if we can get him on. So Absolutely. hopefully we can do that. Look out for that. Yeah, okay, and I, I do hear you literally turning. Like You have your signal on, so I know you're in a rush. So in just a couple sentences, what's your best advice for young, inspiring broadcasters? It's hard to say these days. I used to say something different than I say now. I used to say, be willing to move anywhere for that first job. But, you know, now those jobs in smaller uh, centers are, are even more scarce, and it's hard for me to say that. I guess the only advice I could really give is to listen to, read, and watch as much, I hate using the word content, but I'll just use it, content as you possibly can. Uh, be as informed as you possibly can. It's the it's the one thing you have control over. You know, our business is changing so much, and not necessarily for the better. Jobs are more and more scarce. Journalism in general is a tough racket right now. Uh, so, so yeah, the more informed you are, the better chance you're going to have of succeeding in wherever this business goes in the future. I know that's kind of a bummer answer, but it's a it's a realistic one. Oh, no, no, no. That, that's actually a perfect answer. Um, So, yeah, I did keep you longer than uh, than you were going to be on, so I do apologize. Yeah. So I, I'm cutting you loose no now, problem. Jay. All right, my friend. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I hope you have a great night. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Jay. Appreciate it. See ya. Okay. Bye-bye.